On this week's episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, a man strips naked at a Planet Fitness, we have some deer mojo, and our special guest Chris Abney with Red Hill Brewing, all that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckles studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the silver tongue one, the man on a Shark Week bender. That's right, he is the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one, it's Mojo! Well, yesterday was, yesterday was Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, so it, instead of Shark Week, it was Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. It wasn't shark. It, it was, was shark. Shark. It was a T. <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning back into the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. You can find us on the website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can also go to iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, subscribe, give us a like, um, share our episodes, uh, give us a review. That's how we move up in the, uh, the matrix of uh, podcast stardom, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can also, say that. Yeah. You can also go check us out at Instagram and the Twitters at SFP Radio. Also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. And you will not find an NSFW rating on our uh, podcast. So you can listen to us at work live and loud and proud. Or in the car, um, you know, with the kiddos yeah, in or tow. With earbuds on in the dentist office, whatever you want to do. Or not earbuds in the dentist or, office. Or yeah, just however you want to. Just play it loud That's while right. you get a, a root canal. We'd love that. <laughs> Drinking beer. Drinking beer. And we have with us Chris Abney. You're joining us from the very beginning, going all the way through through the night. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Chris Abney uh, from Red Hill Brewery, uh, right down the street from the podcast here. One mm-hmm. of our one of our favorite guy, uh, guests. He is like I, I would consider him like the scientist. He's a mad scientist. Yes, so he I is. got favorite status. This is only my second time. Well, I'm telling you, it's I. I really I, I wasn't here the first time you were on the podcast. I mm. think we were, I think in Ireland, I believe. I think you were. Yeah, and um, but listening back to the podcast, it was exactly what I wanted mm-hmm. to hear from a brewer telling us the kind of the science behind brewing because. I'm always fascinated by that, and while keeping the microphone away from his six-year-old. Well, that too, but you know, <laughs> it just the, the chemistry aspect of it. It's, it is art, like art in a keg, art in a glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just uh, you know beechwood, beechwood, a beechwood age. That's easy for you Jeez. to say. And uh, you know the, the the stuff by the big boys, the the AB guys. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's generally genuinely craft like art in a glass. Well, so. brewing is a it's a natural occurrence. Okay, beer. We we like to say brewers don't make beer; yeast makes beer. All we do is we give yeast a really cool environment to work in, and it creates what you're drinking in your glass right now. Is that considered a humble brag? Humble brag. Uh, I, uh, That's I would, great. You need to actually like just own it. I'm just going to call him Mr. <laughs> Wizard from now on. Actually, that's better than Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh, you're not kidding. (laughs) It's Mr. Wizard Esquire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, how you be doing? 
You know, man, it's, uh, it's been a good week. <laughs> yes, I, it has. I could complain about all kinds of things, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to let it get me down. Don't. Don't let it get you down. Except uh, today I had to call down to the state of Georgia. What? Yeah, I had to call down to the local DMV because, uh, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, I have a motorcycle dealership mm-hmm. and had a customer come down from uh, or come up from mm-hmm. uh, the rural rural part of southern Georgia bought a bike from me. So okay. I had to uh, send some paperwork in today. Yeah. And I call into the DMV, and we actually had to have a translator between what? The, uh, between us. Because evidently our southern accents kind of uh, mismatched, and we couldn't understand each other. I tell you what, um, I, I, I apologize for my in-laws. I'm sure it might have <laughs> been them. <laughs> well, you know, I was actually in West Virginia this week, which West Virginia is kind of the north. I wouldn't consider them sure. part of the south. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, they were having to have me slow down my, my speech a couple of times to understand really? me. So, but yeah, the, this uh, lady in Georgia, I was like, hold on, we, we need to have some type of person to come in between us. So <laughs> I think she actually, I, yeah, I think she actually had the uh, Spanish lady come in and, and, <laughs> and coordinate conversation between us. So it was, That's it was interesting. Crazy. So yeah, evidently uh, here in the South, we have, uh, we have some uh, language barriers here too, sure. between our own. Yeah. So how you be doing? Um, I'm good. We we here in, in old North Carolina are getting slammed by evidently uh, tsunamis of rain. Biblical proportion. It, it's unlike none other. Right. Um, and I think it was, uh, let's see, Sunday night I was um, at home. All of a sudden a storm comes in. Storms are brewing. Comes in, and I've never seen it this bad in my life. Now, keep in mind, I live in fairy tale land where – there's there's nothing bad that happens around me, um, like including like critters. Like we have the squirrels, and we've talked about the, the squirrels at nausea and how much right. I hate them. But you know they're squirrels, um, yeah, so whatever. Uh, you know I've seen even this morning I saw a buck going across the street. You know, cute. Uh, we've seen opossums. I have some like beaver like creature that's down by the cabin. I don't know what it is, but they're they're not going to kill me or, or I'm not scared of them or whatever until Sunday. And the storm comes, the storm of a lifetime, uh, and and I go outside, and people are staring at my door. And I'm like, what What are they looking at my door for? That's the weirdest thing ever. And my world came crashing down when I see a snake coming down off of the wreath uh, and coming down my door. And it's a like a four-foot black snake. Mm-hmm. Um, now people are outside making sure that everybody's okay. Right. Evidently I let out such a scream that people <laughs> four houses down come down thinking I'm in, in peril, like that I'm dying, that something has, has fallen and hit me in the head or something. Right. My wife is screaming, JT, get away, get away. Cause she knows <laughs> I'm going to probably pass out at some point. Right. But a four foot, uh, black snake. And then. We have people across the street that are saying, don't kill it. It's a good snake. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, there's no such thing as a good snake. They're all bad. They're, if you go back to Genesis, there's not a good snake at all. Um, but it scares me. I hate snakes so much. Somebody actually got a stick and moved it, but it and they put it in a bush right next to it. The snake went back to the house and, wow. like, freaked me out. So, so I want to understand something. Yeah. You have a, a mm. phobia of squirrels. Uh, it's not a phobia. Like, they're just annoying. Like okay. I don't mind. They're not. They don't scare me because the snake could help with that problem. 
Well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing I was about to say too. Mm-hmm. Is that this this snake probably had a belly full of, belly full of squirrels? It may have. And I mean, it was yeah, giant. He was actually your friend. In my head, when I think back to the event, it was like seeing anaconda. And it the was movie. four foot. Yeah, I was going to say it was, it was probably more like three inches. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a worm. It was forty foot. <laughs> it was actually a worm. <laughs> At the end of the day, it was, it was a worm. Yeah. Um, no, I, we've got pictures of it, so I'll put put that on the website and our Instagram. Yeah, account, be cool. Oh my gosh, I hate snakes with a passion. If it was down to a room full, here's here's the dilemma: a room full of snakes or a room full of clowns. I honestly <laughs> do not know which one I would rather take. What, what if it was clown snakes? Oh God, don't get me started. Oh. That'd be kind of cute. Stop it. No. I'm, well, I'm done for the, <laughs> no. for the night. Uh, I can't stand them. So anyway, so that's how I was doing. Um, a couple of. Uh, Business-related things. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to the Republic of Korea listening to our last episode. Wow. Way to go, Korea. Way to, way to, way to bring the heat. Coming, then, coming to Seoul is actually on my bucket list. We'll maybe doing that in the next two years. Really? Yeah. Huh, how about it? And then Winder, Georgia. Maybe they, they're trying to buy a bike from you or whatever, but Winder, Georgia. That's kind of cool. Or Winder, somewhere Winder. around that yeah. place. Um, anyway, so that's... Is there a military base over there in Korea, maybe, where they were listening? I don't know, but shout out to the troops if you're listening there from South Korea. I think that's pretty awesome, though. Too bad well, it was in North Korea, and if you hear that background, <laughs> back, background, it's actually our... Chris is pouring us a delicious brew here. It's so. just water. Colored water. Nod, nod. Uh Anyway, so I just want to say shout out to those guys for for that. So um, here's a little bit of what's going on around the world, a little bit of wacky news. That wacky world. So there, <laughs> there is an Oregon woman finds a mountain lion napping in her home. She comes home one day. She sees an, uh, a mountain lion, mountain lion lying. Try to say that mountain lion lying um, behind her couch, and then uh, she sees this thing and doesn't know what to do. The 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 lion quote from 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 the lady looked lovingly into her eyes, batted. The her uh, the the tiger the mountain lion's eyelids and told her I'm going back to sleep. He communicated through <laughs> the batting of the eyes. I'm going back to sleep. So the mountain lion went back to sleep. Six hours later, wakes up again, looks lovingly quote into the woman's eyes, communicated to her that it was time to go. Gets up and walks right out of the house. Where was this at? This was in. Uh, let me get the the uh, the city. It was Say Oregon, Ashland, Oregon. They're yeah. they're uh, marijuana acceptable <laughs> over there, right? <laughs> Are they acid acceptable? Because that sounds about what anything, that is. I think yeah. anything is uh, allowed to go in Oregon. I mean, gazed lovingly into her eyes, communicated using feline speak, eye blinking to calm her down. I think that's called. Uh, uh, medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> well, I mean, there is video that, of parcel <laughs> There is video of the mountain lion in the house, but I mean, they connected in a loving gaze and wow. communicated trust through blinking. Now, y'all, I, I know you all love your animals, 
but there's no way I would let a mountain lion in my house. I'm not a big fan of mountain. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of mountain kitties. Mm -mm. So I don't think you're going to let the mountain lion in your house. I'm pretty sure it's going to decide. Well, yeah. wants to be in your house. Yeah. Well, even if the mountain lion gets into said house, how, how would you're how would for six hours. you're not gazing would, lovingly and you're not hanging around? <laughs> yeah. Like, how would this cat have gotten in? I mean, does this person leave the does not have a door or something? She, I guess, she or? left the back door open uh, and and um, it decided it was is gonna the mountain lion a metaphor or is this real? <laughs> no, there's there's real pictures of it. Okay. Good. Is gracious. Uh, is oh, little wait. is little Fifi the dog gone? Guys, uh, let me let me also say this. The Oregon woman then <laughs> then went to a Planet Fitness and tried to work out naked. <laughs> then used a drum to encourage the lion <laughs> to exit the home. She roused and just and knew what what to do, walking out through the open doors. Hey, <laughs> she used a drum to get the mountain lion out, well, communicating when lovingly. When all fails, I want this person drinking at our bar. Actually. Exactly, she's gonna have a million <laughs> you know interesting how much stories. Fun we could have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She says, quote, it was a perfect ending to a blessed encounter that could have been dangerous if approached from a lower frequency. Namaste. She continued, may she stay safely in the hills to enjoy a long life as a wild and healthy lion. It's almost like we need to have an Irish proverb drinking uh, <laughs> proverb now, I guess, to this mountain lion. I mean, y'all, that's a little much. It, I'm surprised she didn't say, you know, I communicated non-verbally with this mountain lion and she told me her name was... Sheba something. <laughs> put a chain around her and start talking in Shakespearean yeah. language like King Ezekiel, right? Exactly. Put oh, yeah. So how... Oh, never mind. We'll get on put a chain around her neck and all of a sudden be like walking dead. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect before the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> speaking of apocalypse, there is yeah, a... Speaking of apocalypse, snakes, storms, <laughs> talking Cats lions. and dogs living together. Yeah. <laughs> There is an impending blood moon that's coming up, and it's a warning of the end times. A total lunar eclipse due to this occurrence is happening Friday um, to an ominous end times warning known as the blood moon prophecy. Um, they're Did the saying, lion foretell this? No, this is a different story. Chris, okay. I'm actually putting my request in now for a blood moon, blood orange, uh, oh. Belgian white for some time. <laughs> you, you actually just missed it. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so July. How do you get these text updates? July 27th, there's a blood moon uh, that's coming up, and they're saying that it is going to be biblical proportions that it's the end of the world. So by the time that you get this podcast on Monday, the world will be over with. What's yeah. the date? The 27th. So uh, in two days. Two days from now, which is the 25th. So it's the end of the world. Well, so you'll either be hearing us on um, your battery or, or your hand-propelled uh, battery uh, generators, <laughs> uh, listening to the cloud, or uh, you know you'll be in somewhere in Thunderdome, fighting for uh, rations. Yeah, you know people have been transfixed with the end of the world for a really long time. Exactly since and, day one. Basically. You know, and if it is going to be Friday, yeah, since day one. And if it was Friday, I say, great. Drink a beer. <laughs> Go down to Red Hill. You can do about it. That's right. Uh, this this Friday, Red Hill will be having an apocalyptic Friday <laughs> beer beer fest. Um, all your beers are a dollar extra. That's right. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's genius. We got to make our money the, before we end. So. Yeah. So uh, John Hagee and Mark Blitz declared this series of four successive blood moons taking place. This, of course, happened in 2014 and 15. It didn't happen. So they're saying it's going to happen again. 
in 2018. Yeah, John Hagee, uh, I think his odds are worse than Vegas right now. <laughs> so there's got to be a betting pool on this guy now. You got so much credibility now since you threw out that name. You, oh, yeah. Well, John it wasn't for credibility. It was just the fact that he... Absurdity, maybe? Yeah, maybe that was it. Um, all right, so in the one that we we did on the teaser, a n- man stripped naked at the Planet Fitness. He th- said it was he thought it was a judgment free zone, so he felt like he could go <laughs> into the Planet Fitness, get naked, and do yoga poses um, without any judgment. I'm going to predict this guy will win in civil court. I was going to say, <laughs> argue that. Eric Stagno, 34, of Haverhill, Massachusetts, was charged with indecent exposure, lewdness, and disorderly conduct after the police responded to the gym in uh, uh, New Hampshire, according to local media and reports. Um, he just went in there and got naked, uh, some type of yoga pose. Any thoughts on what yoga pose it might have been? Downward dog. Not, flatter, right, not flattering. I hope not downward dog, <laughs> which makes me think I need to get a sign ordered for yoga night on Thursdays now. <laughs> Just go ahead, and, go ahead and list all the restrictions on that. That's no right. Naked this yoga. is a judgment zone, and I don't want to see it. That's, yeah. that's right. Well, now I'm not coming. I, I will <laughs> bet you money this guy will win in civil court. You think so? And yeah, Because mm. I, I, I bet there's no signage anywhere in that store that says shirt and pants required or no shirt no he can't shoes, lose no his service. membership at planet fitness because mm. it is a no judgment zone. right right all right but <laughs> so he, he may spend some time in the the yoga um session of the jailhouse i don't know i mean he'll probably he'll probably spend some time for decent indecent exposure but mm-hmm. he will win. that's the reason why i'm saying he will probably lose no no no. you can't judge it was decent exposure <laughs> <laughs> uh, he will probably he will probably lose in the court of law but as far as civil court where you can sue because of undue fair practices, whatever, I guarantee you, he will win. This will be as big as the uh, the uh, gay cake baker episode. I bet, I bet I you money. So. Yeah. I'm always impressed with the guys who or gals mm. who have the courage to do something like that. Just to, mm. you know what? I'm going to take off my clothes and go running through the field. That's Watch right. Watch this. That's yeah. right. No, I agree with the you. Streakers at the streakers at the baseball yeah. game. I remember the one time I skinny dipped. That took a lot of courage. It was also at two o'clock in the morning when nobody was out. Oh yeah, it really yeah. took some courage. Yeah, but I mean, for you know, it, it did. For I, me, it did. I mean, I had the same reaction on my honeymoon. I don't we like? <laughs> Yikes! Oh, no. Hey, I think all of us that first night, you're like lights off, <laughs> lights off. These aren't coming on. For blow a this can't blow those candles out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> here's a here's a half bottle of wine. Can't, he didn't have enough time to light candles. Come on. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I thought those were pretty funny. Did you have any? No, you're good because I knew you were going to cover the Planet Fitness. The Planet Fitness one. Um, All right, so we'll go into some America and we'll talk about some topics. Drink up. Lightweight. All right, so Dukes of Hazard star Tom Wopat pleads guilty in a touching case. Hey, buddy, Wopat, that's probably accurate. Former Dukes of Hazard star, star Tom Wopat has pled guilty to inappropriately touching two women from a cast of a musical in which he starred. Prosecutors say the 66-year-old was sentenced Friday to a year probation after pleading guilty to two counts of annoying and accosting a person of the opposite sex. You say, oh, no, sorry about that, Luke Duke. 
but also Bo Luke or Bo Duke John Schneider has also uh, spent some time in jail recently, serving five hours of his three-day sentence for unpaid alimony. <laughs> so the Duke, the Duke boys, those Duke boys are up at uh, <laughs> they're at it again, aren't they? They're at it again. Uh, you think about the Duke boys, then you got uh, Bill Cosby. Is there anything sacred that's not going to mess up anymore? Well, <sighs> I mean, I'm, here's the deal: like they they should be fine for it should be thrown in jail for some of the stuff that they've done. But like, I mean, those were my heroes growing up. Like, not not to straight out defend them, but I would before I, I cast judgment, I'd want to hear exactly what this was. It doesn't sound like it was serious offenses. It was just it could. Both of these guys are close to being seventy years old. Right, different generation. Not not saying that gives a, a, a that giving somebody a free pass, but I would like to hear the the story behind this. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, could have been elderly misconception of signals being fed. I, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to go out on a limb and defend the guy, but you know, I, I hate to hop on that train of automatically bring out the pitchforks and torches and let's just burn this guy's world down. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, Dukes of Hazard. I mean, I can't tell you how yeah. many. I had the Dukes of Hazard car, the yep. action figures. I yep. mean, I watched it every time it came on and reruns. I mean, yeah. so big I fan of that. Dukes yeah. But, you know, and also like Bill Cosby. I mean, yeah. I just watched his recent uh, or his uh, old uh, comedy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, it, I mean, and, and for anybody that's going to be critical of what I'm saying there, I, it is possible to divorce yourself from the individual right. to what they actually done as a career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's really hard for people to do. Yeah. Um, I think in today's world, right. more so than before. As oh, well. absolutely. Um, in our society, uh, any skeleton you might have is going to come out nowadays. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you. I think being able to compartmentalize who they were in that moment mm-hmm. in a vacuum. Right. And appreciate it for what it was, regardless right. of what you learn about them. Mm-hmm. That's the way I. That's just like you know, looking back. You know, if you look back at like Rock Hudson. Mm. Okay, Rock Hudson was this ideal masculine, pristine figure of heterosexuality. You know, yep. was the ladies' man of the fifties and sixties and seventies of movie stardom, sure. and then all of a sudden he comes out and we find out that he's homosexual and he has AIDS. Mm. But guess what? His his movies on film, he is still the man's man. Yeah. He's the one grabbing the ladies. And of course, in that that would be considered sexism now. But right. yeah. but you know, you you can see that, and you're like, man, this guy is the man. It is possible to divorce yourself from, and not divorce yourself because I'm critical of a homosexual man with AIDS. I'm just saying that right. you can like in his in, in that certain aura of movie stardom, you can see him as an actor. He is being paid to act. Mm-hmm. You expect that. So um, it is possible to divorce yourself from the figure and also the character. Prime example, Donald Trump. Mm. It's possible to divorce yourself from the guy and his Mm. uh, many proclivities versus policy. I mean, it is possible. Some people don't want to do that, but it is possible. Yeah. Well, you you also mentioned, too, about like we don't want to – you know, assume the worst, or like we, right. we don't want to, you know, throw him under the under the bus. There was a story uh, this past week of a of a guy that um, it, it was the it was at a Chicago baseball game. I don't know if you guys saw this story or not, but the but the ball boy was throwing up, you know, baseballs to the kids in in the in the studio in the stands, whatever. The little kid dropped his, rolled under this, this guy's seat. He picks it up, 
gives the ball to his wife. Right. Well, social media went nuts. They found out where he worked. They found out where he, he lived and just roasted the guy and just like threw him under the bus. It comes to find out that that was the third ball that the guy has caught and he's given uh, balls to the kids around him before he kept that one. In fact, the kid that was getting the ball already had the ball that the guy gave him. Huh. So they were throwing him under the yeah. bus, but he's already done some really good stuff giving the balls. See, I, I think the the social media CSI crowd, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they're, they are brutal. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, today or yesterday, breaking news, Demi Lovato, I, mm-hmm. you know, I could care less. I mean, I'm, I don't listen to her music. I, right. I'm aware of her because of my daughter. Right. And and you have her playing in your car when you get in. I understand. Yeah, and, and I have a poster hanging up in my bedroom. But, <laughs> but um, you know, people automatically assume the worst about her. Okay, right. you know, breaking news. Um, she overdosed, on, overdosed but still alive, thank God, mm-hmm. uh, from heroin. Yep. And then today, breaking news, she was smoking meth days before. Mm. Well, that's what people see. They automatically see the worst. But, yeah. okay, what led this person who is financially – uh, beneficial, more beneficial than we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have probably a few more zeros in the bank than we do. Yeah. And, and of course, you know when people associate happiness with money, what made this person mm-hmm. seek out meth and heroin? Probably, I mean, for for me, because I, I, you know, I have been on the on the, I've been on the outside circle mm-hmm. of uh, of. Not normal life, you know, around right. around potential right. crimes and in in the drug world, you know, meth and heroin are not exactly known to be designer drugs. <laughs> but, but I want to say, what what led her to do this? Yeah. And I, personally, me, I'm like, man, is she? She must be in a bad space, headspace right now to be doing this. Of course, people, you know, people don't look at that. Yeah. But. A lot of people don't. But so I, you're I, saying like people are demonizing her, but demonizing like, like you know. What is she doing? I mean, it, this must be something recreational. But obviously, I think it's probably a little bit more than that. Yeah. If I can, I always look at it differently. I think vices are many. We all have them. Mm-hmm. And if it's shooting up or partaking too much of this good stuff, right, or spending too much money, um, there's a lot out there. Right. Um, and there's a lot of ways people can – um, hide from reality. Sure. And um, so on that level, I'm I'm Planet Fitness, right? This is a no judgment zone. <laughs> um, I would worry about her or anybody else who's going through something where they feel like they don't have any other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, more in context, what scares me more than Demi Lovato uh, choosing drugs as a way to escape her realities or her troubles <clears throat> are the people in society uh, either surround her locally or globally, who are quick to attack. Yeah. Mm. And the irony being, the reason they attack is so that people aren't focused on their insecurities and yeah, their problems. Exactly. Um, and that's it's philosophical, right? Uh, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. That saddens me a whole lot more. Yeah. We put people down just to, only to make ourselves feel better or to 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 put the spotlight on them so that they don't see our own stuff. Right. And I think this will also lead into a, a, a segment we're about to have here shortly too. I think that you see a lot of this predator culture where people, for example, the, the baseball guy, mm. they will dig down as deep as they can to, to find this just dirty trash. I mean, you know, I, I'll have to, 
You want to say get a life. Yeah. I want to, I'm trying to remind myself of, of the case I read today where someone was looking at tweets this person made when they were in high school and they're now bringing, bringing them up eight to nine years later. Is that the director of Guardians of Jamie, the Galaxy? Jamie Gunn, Gun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gunn, so thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, Gunn, the director uh, was dis, of Guardians of the Galaxy, was just a missed off, dismissed off part three of this movie. Uh, he made some um, inflammatory tweets uh, um, that could be taken as probably child uh, pornography or uh, pedophilia-related. Um, and I have no idea what those tweets are. Because they've been since dismissed. Right. Um, I have not seen them personally. Uh, and, I, and as a person who has been a victim of child abuse, I cannot, if they are true, you know, I am a, I am a big advocate of uh, a personal man-to-man uh, butt whooping. But <laughs> I think he has been known as a provocateur on Twitter, a person who has um, uh, tried to raise ire from – uh, right wing, um, more conservative people. I, I can't defend that. I know this. There's some people like Chris Pratt has defended him. Chris Pratt is a, a very known conservative voice uh, who seems to be kind of a, a realistic and. and um, uh, how old was he? Like you said, these are high school tweets. No, no, these are several years old. I don't know how old Gunn is, but I'm, I'm just talking about just people in general. Like you could, like I know, I know that my beliefs have have morphed in in the past eight to ten years right i'm not the same person i was eight to ten years ago i have different philosophies and views on life i have different parenting than i did eight to ten years ago so i'm just saying that you know someone that's the reason why i don't do much on social media is because i don't want to be yep i don't want those demons to come out of my closet eight to ten years because i know i'm gonna be a totally different person because i'm constantly learning i'm constantly you don't want those demons to be used against you right yeah that's right and not that i'm going to run for public office that i know of of course i don't think i'd be (laughs) You know, or actually, I don't know. I think Donald Trump has kind of burned that bridge for burned I'm that bridge down. So I think sure I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Right. I'm okay to bring. I'm, I'm okay to build you my own bridge. This. That's right. So, but um, it's just it's uh, it's amazing how people the links that people will go to to dig in someone's past mm-hmm. um, to find out these these skeletons. We all have them. Yeah. So well, and if it was really such an issue, wouldn't Disney have looked at that? You know, yeah. until they, somebody actually brought it up. It's not an issue until it's an issue. You're exactly right. Well, also, Disney, I'm sure they probably, just like employers now, have uh, research teams that, that dig into, in, you know, employee profiles yeah. and, and on social media. I'm sure that Disney probably did their homework. Yeah. And, of course, you know, granted, I mean, Disney probably could have had a blockbuster and said, you know, uh, let's just forget about this. We only go back four years instead of five. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's it's hard for me to believe that some somebody missed it in their mm. in their you know recruiting right. department or whatever. But I would say I, I hope this isn't too off context with the the original story with the guy with the baseball. But if there's a lesson to be learned um, and something I try to make sure that I practice and teach my boys to practice mm. is um, have a no judgment zone. Number one, right? Know your facts. Mm-hmm. And social media is not the best source for facts. That's right. Okay. Um, we've heard about fake news over the last two years, right? Sure. Um, and give people a chance because we all make mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. f- do your due diligence. Do your research. Don't open your mouth. Don't put things in writing <laughs> until you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And right. then have a little bit of compassion before you do. Yeah. Uh, because we all, 10 years ago, were different people. Um, and everyone can change and everyone should have that opportunity to be able to change. I think context, yeah. Also, I think context matters. 
you know, as far as in this in this grand scheme of of life, I think context context matters with anything that we say, do, or actions. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure at any given time, someone could look at it just a, a snippet of my, of my life. It could be something where I've opened yeah. a door for a lady. The problem is context is is such a, a big, broad bubble, and we live in a very attention deficit time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. To spend the time to research context is spending too much time. Right. Yeah. We want to know right away. Oh, he didn't give the kid the baseball, therefore get him. But also, you know, the people that splice that 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 segment down to where it looks like the guy just, you know, mm-hmm. those are the people that that don't want the context to be shown. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? They're the ones yeah. that look for that that quick that quick second bite to where they can actually turn the narrative around, yeah, and okay. we're actually not we're not looking for that narrative. Yeah. So. Just talking about Chris here, but obviously we thought he was a brewmaster, but he's obviously a philosophical oh, guy too. So um, masters yeah. in it. He's like Confucius. <laughs> well, and and what's Chris, Chris Fucius? <laughs> I've seen people post on Facebook articles, and and the title of the article is not at all the the right what, what the, the subject of the story. Yeah, and the, the, well, it's completely different than the story. But people will yell and scream and cuss people out on social media saying oh look at this story but the story isn't what the what the headline is and so they're making their own point like you're not reading the story if you would have read the story you would have seen that that's not what the actual headline is saying and i'm hoping that our listeners don't don't uh aren't aren't, i pride our listeners on being way smarter than this but the clickbait titles I mean, they're they're clickbait titles for a reason. They mm-hmm. want you to hit that link on social media yeah. for a media account, but also the potential that you'll click onto another link, yeah. you know, for whatever to purchase something. So, uh, hopefully, we we bypass the the clickbait links and actually yeah. read the the subject of the uh, of the of the this you know article or whatever for for what it's worth. Yeah. I think we avoid that sometimes, and I hate that. It just yeah. it drives me nuts that. Uh, the sim- in the simplest form is, you know, these viral hoaxes that go around. Like uh, today was, uh, today was uh, Rowan Ak- Atkinson died yesterday. Rowan Atkinson is also Mr. Bean. Right. Well, if you actually like take a second, you look at the, you look at the link on there and realize it's like some, you know, uh, MSNBC dot XYZ mm-hmm. article. Well, they don't have that web address extension, so you actually go into Google and put Rowan Atkinson, two thousand eighteen. It'll actually show. He's still alive, hmm. but you know we we automatically. <laughs> My heart dropped. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Mister B. Yeah, he's awesome. But no, just there's every year you'll have those few, yeah. and that's just in the simplest form where people yeah. will spread that around. And um, I mean, there's way more you know uh, uh, stories like that. But that's just a simplest form. It's just something yeah. that came to mind today when I. Uh, I was just looking at the 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 interwebs and the social medias that yeah. I was like, holy cow, this guy died and then I looked at it for yeah. a second. So Well speaking of like social media things and, and articles and whatnot, so I want to talk about Sasha Baron Cohen. He uh most of you will know him as Borat. He came out with a movie. Or Talladega Nights is the other guy. The other guy. Um, And and so. The driver for Perrier. (laughs) He's been uh, doing a a documentary. Mockumentary. Mockumentary. um, And he's done this a couple of times, but he's gotten a couple of people, big names, uh, Sarah Palin. um, And the latest one is this guy out of Georgia. And, and, 
he he's going after the gun people, um, which whatever that's you know that's your your deal, go for it. But like these, this representative from Georgia got on film, and he somehow convinced the guy to scream out the N word several times, and not only that, but like drop his pants on camera and then drop his underwear and was full, you know, like fully. You know, showed his butt. Full planet, full planet fitness. Full planet fit. It was like half planet fit. It was it was the back end of it, but like he had that on camera. Like what kind of moron? I I don't care what you think your your explanation is from this from this Georgia guy. He said that he thought he was saving people's lives because there's an an imminent like danger, and this guy was a he was posing <laughs> as a terrorist finder, and he's like, if you do this, it's gonna put a you know, it's gonna allow the terrorist not to to come harmed. Whatever. Basically, just yeah, he baited him with some yeah. story that this guy obviously believes. So. That's why I have you because you actually make sense. Well, obviously, uh, maybe we should take IQ test of our elected officials before they actually run. But there was there was other people that yeah, he's yeah. got on this. But also, he, you know, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I doubt Sasha. Uh, Jason Spencer is his name, by the way. Jason uh, Sasha Cohen is. Uh, I, I doubt he and I follow similar political beliefs and, religious right. beliefs philosophical beliefs sure. um, so obviously he has a narrative that he wants to chase as far as um, like his second amendment or right wing politicians and I um, totally get that I, dude I could care less <laughs> um, but you know I, I got a call out there's actually a gun store that he actually went into and he got called out and they told him to they told him to leave. Right. Actually, they said it a little more harsh, <laughs> and they used a, a few more four-letter adjectives, verbs, okay. nouns, uh, prepositions. But, um, yeah, so they, they actually called him out. Um, but, yeah, it, it, this guy from Georgia, I mean. he So he, quote, got him to expose himself on camera, used racial epitaphs, and appeared to speak in a mock Asian accent. At what point does your handler not say, Hey, buddy, you probably shouldn't do that. That's not going to be good. Like, what are you thinking? And and an, another example that they had was they had he, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's idea is to get a a gun, how to use a gun program, and from like four years old. And so they were using the puppy pistol. So it was just a pistol with like a puppy head on the end right. of it. And there were so many politicians that were backing this bill that they wanted to put in place for preschoolers to teach gun safety and how to shoot a terrorist from with form a four-year-old but there were politicians that were willingly pushing this agenda and this bill to say well that's a good idea we think that's a good idea like, what kind of morons do that well i don't i don't mind the the pushing of gun or like gun safety i have no problem with that my both of my daughters have handled guns probably from three or four but like in public schools you're going to do that with a puppy pistol well i mean i think the the puppy pistol is i think that's a little different i think that's actually desensitizing what a gun actually is you know what i'm saying that's actually making it a mockery of itself right because a cute little cuddly exactly you know what i'm saying like something you can snuggle up to i think that's making it um basically a hyperbole of itself and i I can't stand that but But um, if you saw the video that he was making him do it's just making him look like an idiot and right but you know rightfully so if if someone jumps on board with that they have the right to be mocked i mean sarah palin (laughs) yeah sarah palin she obviously knew someone was up and actually stormed out of the interview yeah and i'm not a sarah palin fan because i her her politics my politics diverge a good bit right but uh, 
I mean, I am a fan of her show. I think, you know, anyway. Careful. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think our politics diverge. But anyway, you know, at least she recognized the right. mockery in it. Now, there's some people that haven't. That's that's where I'm going with that. Yeah. It's like, how in the world do you get through this thing and be like, mm, this probably isn't But, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, some of these politicians probably think this guy is a lobbyist or has connections to a lobbyist and mm-hmm. dollar signs flow. Goodness gracious. Anyway, I think it's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last thing that I'm going to bring up is uh, the Supreme Court has now recently said that uh, putting the plans out for a 3D printed gun is uh, the First Amendment, is protected in the First Amendment. So now you can access plans on how to make a 3D pr- printed pistol. Um this is going to be like off the off the grid. Like you can't. There's no serial numbers to attach to it. There's no background checks. There's nothing to it. What say you on on that? The bullets for 3D printing guns. 3D printed guns. Mm-hmm. They're just regular regular guns. Regular bullets. Can those be 3D printed as well? I wonder. Probably not because it's going to um, be like metal, yeah. right? No, metal can be printed though. Oh, can it? Mm-hmm. So then there you go. But you got to think ammo is a highly recyclable thing. Mm-hmm. Once you expense the round, you have a casing that can be reused over mm-hmm. and over and over and over. So yeah. What? So what's your opinion? So the fact that it can't be traced scares me, I'll be honest with you. So that's just my... my... That makes an assumption that all guns are traced now. Well, there's a serial number that can be can be used, and when you get a pistol, you need a background check. You need to go through the the proper channels. Hold on, to get a legal a legal legal right, pistol pistol, you have to go through the background check. So there there will people there will be people legally that can 3D print the pistol. All right, I'm gonna mm-hmm. the the Supreme Court ruling mm-hmm. made it legal to print 3D guns. Mm-hmm. So when did that happen? Just this past week. Okay, so does that mean that as soon as that happened, 3D printers began printing 3D guns, or were guns being printed with a 3D printer prior to? Prior to that. Right. Well, well, they, they, well actually, just back up for a second. Let's, I hate to even narrow it down to the more <laughs> infant form, but the Supreme Court upheld the right okay. to, to print guns Point. Um, under two things, freedom of speech, Article One or a or a right <laughs> Bill of Right One, whatever, and then um, also uh, the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. So they they upheld it under two different things. Um, I guess the ultimate question is, um, what makes us think that someone who is not legal or someone who has no no uh, no desire to follow law mm-hmm. make them. St- stops them from printing a gun. Yeah, but but with going through the the proper channels, mm-hmm. um at least there there's some safeguard of maybe this guy shouldn't shouldn't get a gun based on whatever circumstance whether it be a convicted felon or the fact that he, he shouldn't own a gun based on criminal history or whatnot. Sure. Um the fact that it, that part can't be stopped kind of scares me that you can just at Walmart, pick up a 3D printer, hit go, and now you have a gun, mm. and it's not traceable. It's not you can't you can't regulate it at all. Well, I mean and that I, part scares me. A little not bit. to sound like a sarcastic, cynical butthole, but I mean they've 
but they've done a good job with making things illegal. Look at heroin. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, like I, I know I can't get heroin. Right. Well, I mean, I know I can't, but I know I can't go to a, uh, I know I can't go to a CVS or a Walgreens and get heroin. Right. But I could still get heroin. Yeah, but those people that, or even like kids, what if like kids come home and say, "Hey, I'm going to print a 3D gun just for fun," and I just go shoot something by accident. You, you, you know? It's funny as you said at the beginning that you guys would disagree on this, um, that you might butt heads just a little bit. Well, no, no, he he meant to say he's a butthead. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> completely accurate. Yes, I am a butthead. Um, I totally. I, get it. I am definitely of the opinion that it is not the government's responsibility to manage morality or people. That's right. Mm. Um, yeah. It's that doesn't mean it's not scary. Kids should know better because parents do their jobs. That doesn't mean mistakes won't happen, but I am it's Chris talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait, I think I think we even have something here for this. Right, I'll go ahead and play it. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily <laughs> those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. All right, so we made the disclaimer. So go ahead. I am willing to take that risk in order to not let the government or anyone over me mm-hmm. make rules for my life. Because if they can make rules for my life in this area, then that opens the door that they can make rules for my life in other areas. Therefore, it's my responsibility to protect my own, sort of, right? Teach right. my kids, hey, guys, we got a 3D printer. It's really cool. We make some really neat stuff with it, not guns. We don't mm-hmm. want to do that, Right. Yeah. Um, I and I, I take on that responsibility. Um, a good question would be: Can you regulate the purchase of three D printers? If they're able to make weapons that can harm other people, I'd be totally for that. I need a background check, or you can't have it. That's so a that you, is a good process to follow. But let me ask you this though: You said earlier, like, yes, I agree. Like, if you're parenting your kid. That's great. But what about the parent that's not parenting their kid and that kid makes a 3D gun, brings it to school and goes haywire? You know, like But you know we can we can get stifled with what ifs. You know what I'm saying like what if this kid goes out, drinks a drinks two bottles of NyQuil, decides to get on the road and drive mm-hmm. and kills a family of seven. Sure. We we can what if all day long. Should, so so all of a sudden should we regulate the nighttime cold medicine industry. I mean, you know, Benjamin Franklin, right. those those who would give up essential liberty to purchase little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Right. I, I, I think individualism and private ownership and accountability is is paramount to this experiment called America. It's not I'm not talking about the United States uh, hoorah. I'm talking about this experiment called America that other countries desire to be Yet no, yet they have no ability to be, yeah. because um, we can police the people that want to follow the rule of law, but the people that do not want to follow the rule of law will never be policed. Right? I mean, there's a sign up on a parking spot that says "handicapped parking only," but people that are not handicapped and have no sure. placard will park there still. Sure. Not saying that that's the same level as someone owning a gun and committing a, a crime, but I'm saying that. Just because we have a law doesn't mean people follow it. I'm a concealed sure. weapons carrier. 
You are too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You see the little sign on the doors that says, you know, has the gun and the hash mark yep. through it. It says, no guns allowed. Yep. But how many people that do not have a legal, quote unquote, legal right to carry still carry a gun in there? Sure. Doesn't prevent it. And I and I agree with that. And let me also say this. Like, I, I agree with the First Amendment. I agree with the Second Amendment. I'm just saying from my own personal uh, feelings, and I'm mm. only going by feelings. I understand the law, and I understand how I feel, and they're sure. just conflicting at this point. Like, it just it scares me. I, no, I understand. This is, this is a brave new world that we have not yet encountered. But, you know, for, for someone to make a firearm, a technical mm. quote-unquote firearm, it's it's not that hard. All you need is a all you need is a, an ammo load with gunpowder, mm. some type of projectile, a casing for that. That's just for the ammo round. Right. Then all you need is some type of um, in, uh, a barrel mm-hmm. slash uh, and also a pin that will ignite that. Yeah. That's all you need. Right. But you know, we talk about we talk about guns and firepower and things like that. Let's just think about there's things that we haven't even thought about yet. There's a whole industry. Dedicated just on lasers. <laughs> well, close <laughs> air power. Hmm. Now you know when, when someone says air rifle, I think of the old classic nineteen eighties air rifle where you had to pump it twenty six mm-hmm. times just to get to go at six, sixteen feet and maybe it maybe tickle a squirrel on his you know on a shoulder. Daisy. Right. But these are you know there's a whole industry out there that you don't have to you do not have to pass a background check sure. and these these are weapons that fire twenty six hundred feet per second. The same. The same um, speed as an AR as an AR will fire a projectile. Right. Now, maybe not the same length, but they will fire in in a in a short yeah. range. They will fire the same amount of uh, of foot capacity. Right. Yeah, I think that we can all agree that um, evil will will figure out a way to be evil, Always. no matter what. Always. Sure. But I think maybe to your point and to the ruling that came down, I'm making an assumption uh, that there probably will be some safeguards that start. A conversation gets started about um, that there are some regulations and some um, some rules that get put into place um, as an aftermath of you know the the rule being upheld. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the right to print them right. to as a, a matter of free speech. We do have that right, so I have no problem with the ruling. Um, if something came down after the fact that was a way to regulate that. I would have no problem with that either. Well, see, I have no problem. I have no problem with open-ended printing because, you know, if you look at the intentions of the of these of the right to bear arms, the right to bear arms was never solely about hunting, recreational, self defense. It was about the prevention of a tyrannical government. All right. So I, I've I fully have no problem with it. I mean, it scares me for individual citizens to have a fully fully detonatable IED or grenade or grenade launcher. I mean, but, you know, the the chances that happen are slim to none because if we did, then we'd have a lot more occurrences um, in in our country, but we don't. Um, You know, we do have a little bit of higher uh, standard of, uh, well, that's, that's, it's like uh, that's great radio sound right there. I'm telling you. <laughs> but um, exactly. Hold on. Let's, let's let's catch that one more time, just in case you're driving. If you want to pull over and 
crack one open and tip it back before you get back on the road. <laughs> now we do not condone that at all. What did but, they say? It's not, it's not the drinking is driving, it's being drunk back on the road exactly. after eight hours. <laughs> That's right. There you go. But um, I just think that the more we, the more we and try to influence, um, the more we take away from personal liberty, we're ultimately affecting our security. I mean, you can look, sure. you can look at simple movies of, of futuristic things where they, all of a sudden they have this utopia where no one murders and everyone is kumbaya. And, the Matrix. What's, Wait, what? I, what's the Denzel? What's the uh, what's the movie with uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Stallone? Is it a Runaway Man? Demolition Man. Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. Okay. So we have Demolition Man with you know Wesley Snipes and. Uh, uh, Stallone, <laughs> thanks for pulling that out. But um, they they have this utopian society. Everyone's happy. Everyone's kumbaya. But what do they have to do? They have to resort to some bad guy from the past to come in and, and rectify the situation. So I think that I think we may you know we could we could outlaw everything, but eventually that yeah. would become obsolete. I also know, like <clears throat> I remember coming home from school dad's not home he's sure. he's going to be away for a while and just doing stupid stuff and i could just imagine at some point if i had the option to to print a gun hey guys this would be funny and not being able to think through the whole process of being a kid be like hey if i pull this trigger where's that bullet going to go sure. and not having the mental capacity to do that or any understanding guns and whatnot and, you know you could fire it off and really do some damage so that's the part that scares me of right. just kids just not respecting the firearm, parents not teaching their their kids about the firearm, and then just you know going off half cock willy nilly. Well, I think uh, I think at this point now this is not to say ten years or five years down the road, but at this point to to own a proper three D printer that's actually going to print a right. a, a a weapon mm-hmm. of quality. You know where it's not going to like blow up in your hands is probably pretty expensive. Just the printer, not including the material, yeah. and then also trying to site source the the website or the the links or the code to actually print this is probably a little more difficult for the average twelve year old. Now I'm not saying twelve year olds aren't smart enough mm-hmm. to figure that out. There will be there'll always be an exception to the rule, yeah. aka Clockboy. But I'm just saying that you'll always. I, I think right now in the premise of where we're at, I, I think it's. I, I think we're trying to cast way too down the too down the future. That's like trying to predict uh, robots taking over humanity right now. Should we, you know, should we go ahead and regulate uh, sex industry work robot dolls because we think that maybe eventually these 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 dolls that can't move and are just you know avenues of of the sex industry. We should we go ahead and regulate them because we may think they may be Terminator. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's it's like derailed. It's like future casting. I, you know. You, Honestly, it's, it's like oh, it's, I know it's deep, but it's like future casting. Should we go ahead and outlaw? <laughs> should we go ahead and outlaw flying cars right now because we think that maybe they will be a hindrance in the no, future? No, because they clearly worked on the Jetsons and he got to put it in exactly. his briefcase and walk off with it. So exactly. Awesome. Well, that, that here, would be here, awesome. Here, I'm going to go back to my original point. Here's the thing: the ruling this week did not all of a sudden uh, be that wasn't all of a sudden the catalyst for millions and millions of 3D printed guns to appear across the country. Right. Yeah. If they were there. They were there before the ruling. Sure. And but here's the yeah. thing: who knows how many is out there? I doubt there's a million, but who knows how many is out there? I mean, they've. So had- I don't think it was a problem before. Therefore, I don't think it's a problem now. Simply because. Sure. sure. 
Um, I agree. I agree. It's we'll just... no. It's no more scary um, than anything else we've talked about. Any other vices that we've talked about? Any other issues that people have? Um, uh, there's a lot of out there that we have to worry <laughs> about and think about and uh, protect our kids from, protect ourselves from. Um, yeah. For my money, all that's a lot more. Uh, I'd, I'd rather fight that battle than fight the battle of Uncle Sam trying to tell me what I can and can't mm. do. Mm. I agree. All right, so we're going to leave that as that. Um, as always, we never finish. <laughs> but, but no, it's smooth for thought. And, you know, who's to say in five years when we're doing this podcast, my views may not change or may change. But we, I'm gonna we'll be drinking to 3D printed beer. Ooh, that leaves the whole brewing process out. All right, so we mentioned that we were going to do Dear Mojo. Clearly, we, we've talked way too much to get into that. So we're just going to go straight to uh, our friend, a friend of the show, Chris Abney from Red Hill Brewery. Hey, buddy. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming in. Thanks for chiming in on, on the topics that we've talked about. Tell us about Red Hill. Where are we going? What are we doing? What's what's the latest? Oh, we're still chugging along as the Concord Neighborhood Brew House. <laughs> uh, chugging along. Absolutely. A churning, brewing. Um, you know, one of the things that I love doing is bringing beer uh, to people, uh, which is we, why we, we love that too. Yeah. Love that too. We, by the way, would you like to go ahead and come on the next twelve episodes? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you know, one of the latest things that we've done is we um, we got a canner into the brew house uh, where we're actually able to, to do sixteen ounce cans of nice. folks' favorite Red Hill beer um, in lieu of a growler, which makes a, a fresher pour. When you want, you can keep it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. The growler is great for a, when I'm coming down for an episode of uh, Southern <laughs> Fried Philosophy. Um, <clears throat> uh, and that's kind of our expansion right now is just, yeah. guys, how can we get beer out to the folks at Concord uh, a little bit more efficiently? Nice. Um, you know, we're, we're still there in the same place. We're still there Wednesday through Saturday. Um, we still love small batch brewing. Um, we're a community brew house. Uh, you know, you and I are neighbors. Yeah. Um, I, I love people. I know that's you why do. I'm that's in it. So um, cool. You know, irony being that, well, I'm around people all the time, but you, you work all the time uh, because you have something like this. But we're trying to figure out how can we give back to the community when it's beer that we're giving back to the community. Mm. Um, have you tried 3D printed 3D printers? <laughs> Give me right. that. Mm. <laughs> um, Just send a code at home and they can print their own beer. <laughs> we're we're still feeling ourselves out. We are. We joke. We still haven't even grand opened yet. Wow. We're still we're in our our second year of a soft opening. Um, <laughs> learning about that's uh, a really this. soft opening. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> that's how we are in our podcast. But we're putting out some really cool stuff, and we have, have developed a, a really really great clientele mm. of people. Which that's the business that we're in. Yeah, we just provide them something to uh, conversate over. Mm. Um, Social lubricant. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. So the latest one that you came out with, watermelon Himalayan salt. What did you call it again? Uh, pinky and the brine. The brine. The brine. Yes, a takeoff uh, of the, Animaniacs. Absolutely. I, so my lead bartender um, Autumn, um, she has no idea what that name means, and she's, <laughs> she's, she's she doesn't have any idea what Autumn recently, means. No, no, Pinky and the Brine. <laughs> she just turned twenty one. Oh uh, yeah, she would ago, have no so clue. I just. Which, you know, that's the epitome of age right there. And, and like, oh, wow, you really are like two generations below mm-hmm. me because you don't know who Pinky the, and the Brain The is. next beer should be Animaniacs. When we were trying <laughs> to think of the name, I have this naming committee, right? So right. we're all together and I'm going, hey, 
Are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> you know, and everyone's staring at me. Like, oh, man, come on. That's funny. The same thing we do every night, Pinky. <laughs> Try to take over the world. Uh, it, by the way, do you know they're, they're thinking about a reboot of Animaniacs? Get out of here. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I love that show. They could, they could do worse. They could, yeah. yeah. I think they're going to call it Roseanne. <laughs> what, what was the dog the and cat name? Um, uh, Mindy and... Mindy Tom, and Tom Mooch. and Jerry, Mooch, Hooch, <laughs> Mindy and Munch. That was that was after my time. Mark I guess. and Mindy. No, no, no. Same show, Animaniacs. But Animaniacs was comprised of three different cartoons in one. They oh, had there the was pigeons. Like a ton of different cartoons. But yeah, that was you know it was actually one of our um, our patrons who came up with that Pinky and the Brine, and it was beautiful. That's, that is good. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I love about food trucks. In, in small batch breweries because they have the most creative names. Listen, I, I thought naming beer was going to be the most fun that we had other than brewing the beer for myself. But um, naming the beer, when you're doing it in your garage and you're with your buddies and you're making beer, you can come up with all sorts of names, mm-hmm. um, names that are appropriate, inappropriate, mm-hmm. not right. age appropriate. They're fun. <laughs> Uh, you have to put them on a chalkboard or a whiteboard, <laughs> and you get writer's block immediately. It looks a whole lot different. It's hard. It? Yeah. it is very hard. That's why I've got a group of people now, and I'm like, this is the beer we're making. I need a name for it. And then it. they get together. I, need to, I, I would like it. to be added on that, to, on that committee. That'd be good. So, maybe, yeah. maybe as a substitute, just in case you have somebody I can't I think we play ought to brew week. a Southern Fried Philosophy beer. Now, I'm, I'm down for that. I would be the happiest man in Concord. By the way, Mindy and Buttons. We were looking for Buttons okay, as buttons. the dog. That sounds like Munch. <laughs> so JT would probably request a sausage and gravy beer or a bourbon beer, like any type of bourbon. Like I think they've done that. But you know, I'm down with the sausage, not so much the gravy. <laughs> Careful, sausage biscuit beer. Sausage biscuit. Beer. This is a no judgment zone. Okay, okay. Right. I like that theme. <laughs> what the no judgment or the sausage beer? Both. Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> As I idly take my clothes off to yoga pose. <laughs> I will say this. My wife brought home a, a um, date and bacon beer. So that was a it's tell good me not a tra- to have a pause in there. My wife brought home a date and, and bacon. Right. Was well, that a Trader Joe's? That sounds like a Trader Joe's beer. It is a Trader Joe's beer. That's what yeah. I thought. It, yeah. Trader Joe's loves dates. They have the dates and rosemary crackers. Mm-hmm. They have the dates and rosemary stuff something. Yeah. So, yeah. I like me some dates. Now, now they are together. She didn't bring home a date and then slash bacon. I mean, you know what? It was a date and bacon. Which no judge, no judgment. Still, like either way, I would have. Okay, been okay, you brought with. home somebody else, but you brought home bacon. I'm okay with that. High five, honey. High five. <laughs> this is no judgment song. If it's Will Smith, I'm totally fine with. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know my man crush on Will Smith. I did not know this. Oh, it is awful. Oh, it's awful. It, it's it, awful. Yeah. It, think of how much I hate uh, snakes. And then reverse it, and that's how much I love Will Smith. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. ridiculous. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. Um, so anything else going on at the brewery? Like any? So you guys do yoga Thursdays, is that right? So we do yoga on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. It has really grown. We've done it for about nine months now. You um, could have a baby in nine months. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, we're averaging 25, 30 people oh, on yeah. a Thursday night in one of our banquet rooms, the big red room. Okay. Um, doing yoga um, we got a couple uh, teachers that actually teach right over here by lotus or okay. in lotus and yep. um they come up they teach with us uh so shameless plug here six dollars mm-hmm. get you a beer mm-hmm. and an hour yoga session How about an amazing it? yoga session with uh 
really good teachers. Uh, what they like to say is experienced or unexperienced yogi, all are welcome. And I like to say the word yogi. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of cool. Hey, hey boo-boo. boo-boo. <laughs> yep. Jigsaw, give me a beer. That's right. So uh, tell me, you brought three beers tonight. Is this mine, by the way? Yes, sir. Right. You brought three three beers tonight. So what what you brought a watermelon ghost? Yeah. So I brought our, the the beer that's on tap right now. It Man, might not cool. last the rest of the week. It could be on next week. It's been uh, probably our most popular beer to date as far as a small batch. Um, not one of the regulars. Um, Pinky and the Brine. That's our watermelon goza style, um, which is kind of a popular style right now. Um, and what what is a goza? Yeah. Goza is a, a a salty and sour, slightly sour uh, beer. Mm. Um, it's actually a protected name uh, in Europe. Um, you can't technically brew a Goza unless you were in the particular region that brews Gozas. And mm-hmm. where it derived from was the water that they used to brew the beer um, had a lot of salt, um, mineral content um, that was in the water, which gave off this sour, salty flavor. Cool. And what region would that be? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell I'm you. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting story. I also think Goza came from... One of Ghostbusters from Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I mean, we're so, all, we're on link tonight, man. We, we make them now, and we call them Goza styles. Right. We actually spell it differently, G O S E, um, and we say it's a style because it's a protected name. Sure. Um, but the style is we actually add our own salt to it. We add a little coriander um, to it, um, so give it a little bit of spice. Uh, we sour it beforehand, so it went through a souring process before I did the the actual brewing, and then we give it um, a natural brewer's yeast and. Um, makes it very dry and then typical of goes is you add some sort of fruit to it um just to flavor it up you don't have to um you can just have a natural goza which is also good it was a good beer before i added the watermelon but i've been enamored with watermelon i love watermelon um during the summertime me and my youngest uh, he loves watermelon we'll eat a watermelon for dinner a couple times a week mm. that's dinner um i love the idea of a watermelon beer when i was growing up my grandmother on my dad's side, uh, we always ate watermelon together and always put salt on it. Her mm-hmm. thing was salt mm-hmm. makes everything sweeter, Chris. I'm like, okay. I don't know how that makes sense, but <laughs> it works. And um, so the idea of a watermelon goes has been something on my mind for a really long time. And this is the first year we felt confident enough to uh, put it into practice. It has been received better than anything we've ever put out. Um, it's a tremendous beer. Um and that's why I brought it. So I'm I'm glad that you guys yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. In fact, uh, we were hoping to have the beer to to drink during this time right now, but we actually partook. As, we went early. Exactly. So, and the one thing that I noticed was that the the floral bouquets of like of like a watermelon. You know, mm-hmm. the, the oh, yeah. those overtones of uh, what a watermelon is, the essence of it was right there. And then also the the Himalayan salt. I mean, the salt part you could actually taste it in the yeah. in in the back of your palate. So. Um, I really enjoyed that. And my wife's from from Georgia, which is um, close you, you to You need a translator, evidently. Which is close to Warwick, which is the watermelon capital of the world. So she knows she knows her watermelon. Did so, they do the watermelon crawl? I think they did. Okay. Yeah, so she would have been happy with that beer, so I'll need to take her up there. The second beer you drink was Austin's Amber, which was uh, one of the first beers we ever brewed. It's a brew house named after my oldest son. Okay. Um, it's been an ongoing project trying mm-hmm. to perfect it and get it to something that uh, we, we love absolute. Um, Is it a lot like your son, too, trying to get it perfected? Especially now that he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Um, good luck with that. Which, by the way, he is such a great kid. Both of your kids are fantastic. I love them to death. I love a good Amber, Have though. you met my kids? Yes. Okay. I no, I'm just kidding. Um, they are good boys. Uh, Austin um, has helped me brew one of these batches before of Austin's Amber, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and this is a very good beer. I mean, as we've as it's morphed into what it is, or the previous beer, mm-hmm. um, it is a brilliant, brilliant American Amber Ale. And this last one that you're drinking now, that's the John Boat Brown Ale, and that was a collaboration brew with a local home brewer um, and good friend um, Art Tucker. Um, we've got a lot of talented people in Concord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cabrew Cabrew Home, so- home Brewer Society, that's man, correct. they're. I mean, I know that's a lot right. of those guys and. Yeah. They do some phenomenal stuff. Yep. yep. There's a, a lot of really talented folks who are very creative, who enjoy brewing. Um, they actually meet up on our place. Another shameless plug. You need a, a button for a shameless plug. You know you're good. Shameless um, plug all you want. Yeah, so Cabrew meets the second Thursday of every month at, up at Red Hill, and it's a really large group of local home brewers, folks who are just getting into uh, the the – what would you call it, the hobby of home brewing, mm-hmm. and folks who have been in a long time. Most of the breweries that exist in Cabarrus County and then abroad exist with a member of Cabrew. So, yeah, I think one of my favorites was the uh, was the orange creamsicle. Oh, yeah, Steve <sighs> Steve Probst makes the creamsicle. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Or he calls it dreamsicle, though. Um, we're actually uh, on the you, docket to brew that over the next month. So uh, you, could call, you can call it. You could call it whatever you wanted That's to. Right. Man, it was delicious. Man, it was delicious. So, and, and, okay, strategically, this is why I brought it. I brought the John Boat Brown after the other two to show you. Uh, this was uh, Art's recipe. Mm. Uh, we brought him in um, because we liked the beer. Mm-hmm. And we like brewing with other folks. And I think, as I said, there's a lot of really talented people out there who understand and know beer. Um, and I want to showcase them because yeah. I like beer. And I like sharing it with people. Uh, the idea of, of putting together a beer for you guys, we can call it the, the Southern Fried whatever. DSF right? beer. Yeah. That's right. So that's what beer is to me. Um, I'm getting a little nostalgic, a little philosophical. No, cool. Go ahead. That's why, that's, um, hey, that's the reason why you're on. Beer is a community drink. It's about sitting down together and having a good conversation for an hour about politics, about the world, about religion. Um, it breaks down barriers, uh, pulls down insecurities, um, and gets us real. Right. Uh, so pulling folks in, designing beers together, coming up with something that you want to drink uh, as mm-hmm. a way to be able to sit down together, raise a glass, uh, and celebrate life. All right. Um, that's why we do what we do. Um, this beer has been very well received, the John Boat Brown. This is actually the second batch we've done of it because of how popular it mm-hmm. was. Right. Um, this was a catalyst for a lot of other collaborations that we've been doing. And now anytime anyone wants to come up to the brew house to have a big party, a big event, something with Concord, mm-hmm. um, one of the first things I'm asking them is, would you guys like a beer brewed for you? We can sit oh, down. Wow. We can talk about how to make it. We can talk about what type of profile you want. You wow. guys can name it, and we'll release it on the day of your event. Um, we had a, a wedding reception uh, this time last month. They got married in Hawaii. They wanted a Hawaii beer. I got you covered. We're going to make a Hawaii beer. We release it on the day of their reception. Like chicken, pineapple, teriyaki. <laughs> yeah, spam. Right, right? A lot of spam. <laughs> It was amazing. It was it was really well received. Um, they appreciated it. They felt a part of the brew house. Yeah. Um, we had this connection because yeah. we kind of designed it together. That's really, cool. I do not know of any other brewery that Mm-mm. does that. I did not even know you yeah. did that. So yes, we do. Wow, that's really yep. cool. Uh, we'll be doing that. We'll be doing that for my forty second birthday. All right. I'll tell you right now, Mojo's Madness. Mojo, some yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, buddy. I, it will not be pumpkin spice, I can tell you that now. <laughs> well, and the, the one that I really did like was the um, the sweet potato. Like, I really enjoyed the sweet potato. I beer. cannot wait 
I'm, I love fall beer. This mm-hmm. is my time I coming do up. too. We're getting ready. Um, I love heavy beers. But I'm so mm-hmm. sick of pumpkin beers, and what we've yeah. done the last two years is our uh, our sweet potato beer, which is called Sweet May. Um, yeah, really it good. is a, a our take on a sweet potato pie instead of a pumpkin nice. pie. Right? Nice, nice. Um, and it's an imperial brown ale. Um, we'll be brewing that here in the next sixty days or so, getting oh, ready for uh, November. Nice. Throw yeah. that in the bourbon What's, barrel. Uh, hey, buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll change it up. <laughs> what's uh, what's some things in the industry? Because you know the, this this um, small batch brewery uh, bigger than a hobby a business mm-hmm. <laughs> has yeah. has really just taken off. I mean, like gangbusters. I mean. Yeah. For years, we you know uh, we felt like a communist beer country. All we had was the uh, the major providers, Anheuser. and then Sam Sam Adams came out, and you're like, whoa! Ooh. And then all of a sudden, bam! Fast forward ten years, you have just industry leaders out there. Yeah. I mean, you guys are you guys are cutting edge. You guys are. Man, you guys are. I actually uh, you, think a little bit different than the way you're saying it. Industry is such a big word. And we're part of the industry because sure. we are a brewery. Uh, but we are a nano brewery in the truest sense of what nano means. And nano is ultra small, okay? Uh, nano means you could fit it in your kitchen <laughs> if you wanted to. And you could probably put my brew house in your kitchen if you wanted to. Um, I think that a lot of the world, um, a lot of our our world, especially in this country, is, is going back to the local. It's going mm-hmm. back to um, the farm-to-table style. Yeah. Um, and so the Nano Brew House is something that can thrive. Um, being a community place, um, the public house, the European public house style. Right. Um, that's what we set out to do in the beginning. I would be really cool to see our beer on store shelves over in California somewhere, right? To be well, probably probably won't happen with North Carolina laws right now, but I'm, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, you never know. I, I can dream really big. I have sure. dreamed really big. Um, but yeah, I'm a family guy. Okay, I do have two boys. Um, community is important to me. It is uh, ultra, ultra important to me. Sure, um, you know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we spend time together as neighbors. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to us, we 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 th- we thrive on family groups, yeah. community groups. So success, uh, richness, um, wealth. These are all very subjective and relative terms. Um, our success has always been driven on, it sounds very cliche, uh, but the smiles on the people's faces that want to participate with us. Sure. Um, that's what drives what we do. Um, I don't need a lavish lifestyle based on beer sales. Uh, what I need is really cool people to talk to about life. Yeah over beer have to make a living mm-hmm. i'm doing that yeah great right. so uh industry wise um we've always wanted to find a niche um putting out beers that are different than everybody else mm-hmm. um that's what the industry will promote to do that's what you need to do sure mm-hmm. um you need to distinguish yourself from other people um the service level that we give um the quality beer we give the micro micro level that we do it um that's distinguishable you know the one thing hats off to you guys is that um the beer is the experience mm-hmm. because you each just like every beer we've tasted tonight we tasted three of them 
it was an experience. Mm-hmm. It, every one of them had different notes that you know you're trying to sit and recognize. And it's not like just popping that that beer that you would drink after cutting your grass on a 110 degree day. It is a different experience. Each flavor, each note. And that's one thing I admire about you guys. You guys don't play it safe. You guys actually go out there. There's there's a couple of local breweries. You don't have to say. I will say that. Just play it safe. Mm-hmm. You know they 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 make the, the the simple you know four four to five flavors that they know will cater to the masses, and then yeah. maybe throw in a one that kind of yeah. I would stop you and roll say the though, dice. that that's okay because but, yeah. I don't mind that they all that. And they're all – I know all the local breweries, and they're sure. all actually pushing the envelope in other areas as well of their beer. But there's a lot of people out there who like their core beers. They like mm-hmm. consistency. They yeah. they desire it. So, yeah. um, you know, as long as you're uh, meeting the needs of your clients, if you're meeting the needs of the people who support yeah. you, um, you're doing the right thing. Oh, no. No, yeah. I, I'm not bashing it at all. I'm just saying that, you know, hey, I'll be honest with you. I'm on a diet right now, so I drink McUltra. <laughs> Except for tonight. <laughs> Except for tonight. So, Wait, but one, you know, two, eight nine hundred calories. Okay. What? Yeah, I don't care about the calories. I care about the carbs. But anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, this will be a low carb beer. I'm about to, I'm about to go throw up in here in a few minutes. But anyway, <laughs> but no, I, I, I really appreciate. It's like indie music. You're you're making music on your own terms. You're not yeah. going to something that's. Like this radio executive or music executive is telling you you have to perform in this algorithm yeah. to, to, to to make sales. You're doing your own thing. It is it is provocative literature that someone had written that goes against the cultural times. You know, that that is that is what small batch brewing is today. It is something that is a a way it is not in that current that, that current river stream of what safe is and I, I just appreciate that. Yeah, and and the big thing for you is community, and just the, the, even the layout of the brewery is like everybody's just together, and everybody's having those conversations, and you know, long tables, short tables, whatever. It's just building that community with with each other, and then people like you don't even know, like it's yeah. right next to you. And What's the stinking game you always kick my rear end at? Uh, Skittles. Skittles. I yeah. love Skittles. Golly, I love that game. So yeah, you, you, I think I won one time out of forty-eight <laughs> or something like that. So. So, um, but I, I appreciate your love for community too. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, tell us where uh, people can go to check out the the brewery if they want to go. Concord. Well, address. <laughs> you have an address, <laughs> dummy. Twenty one Union Street South, above the Cabarrus Creamery. And also, you can go to Facebook at Red Hill Brewery, right? Red Hill Brewing. Red Red Hill Brewing. Any other social media web uh, uh, social media pages or websites that you'd yeah, like? to? So we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. My son actually. So you know, today I have a Snapchat account. By the way, oh, wow. I don't know if there's an applause button, hmm. but oh, wait, um, hold on. so my son's 13 and he got on Snapchat here recently. And my rule has been: if you're going to be on it, I have to be on it. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I really am not a social media fan. And um, other than for the business, sure. we, we do a lot on the business, but um, personally, I'm not on it much anymore, but I had to get on Snapchat today, mm. so that was an adventure. But what, the brewery is not on Snapchat yet. That's the point. Sure. Yet. It's coming, though. I think it will have to, because oh. everyone else is on Snapchat. I don't, I don't even understand Snapchat. I don't understand yeah. it all. I don't It's either. so confusing. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I felt like my dad with my 13 year old son <laughs> telling me how to sign up, and I'm, I'm just I'm those, rubbing my those whippersnappers. Oh, I'm still, back in my day. I'm still on AOL Instant Messenger, baby. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's this new thing called Wi-Fi. Oh, we, I didn't have the internet till I was 17 years old. Yeah, it's we should crazy. get like I had internet when I was in college. So we should get some handicaps for for technology. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. All right, man. So uh, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. Um, Mojo, uh, you want to take us away? Yeah, please go to uh, southernfryphilosophy.com. Check out our website there. You can interact with us there. You can also go to our Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy, our uh, Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also go to Google Play, uh, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, subscribe, uh, give us a review, a uh, rating. The most important thing is the uh, review. That kind of helps move us, move yes. us up in the algorithm so uh, people can find us. Please share our episodes. We always appreciate you guys. And as always, keep looking up. <laughs>